Thank you, Mary. Our first reading this morning is Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who have pleasure in them. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He is ever mindful of his covenant. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and terrible is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding has all those who practice it. His praise endures forever. Our gospel reading is from Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in our synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. I was driving to church in the fog early this morning, and there's something about fog that just puts me into a reflective, introspective mood. I've been driving back and forth down Ohio River Boulevard for well over 20 years now. I know where all the shops and restaurants are from Pittsburgh to New Brighton and everything in between. I know where all the old ones used to be that aren't there anymore. I know how long each traffic light stays red and where all of the speed traps are. And yet in the fog, it's like a place I've never seen before. And I think that's a reminder that no matter how well you know the road or how well you think you know the road, it doesn't always look like you think it's going to. Even the most familiar of places are not always certain. 
Fog sort of forces you to focus on the things closest to you and not worry about the things that are farther away. It's eerie and beautiful, and it feels like it's telling you to remember that there is beauty in mystery and uncertainty. Sometimes we have to focus on the immediate and trust that God has the things further ahead under control. We pray every week for healing for loved ones and brothers and sisters in our community and around the world, and sometimes those prayers can feel like driving down a familiar road like a high river boulevard. We know them well. We know the pattern. We know the routine. We share our concerns at the beginning of the service. We write them down on bulletin inserts or prayer journals, or we lock them up in our heads for later. And then we wait for a miracle. But healing doesn't always come in the ways that we expect or desire. The road doesn't always look the way we expect it to. The Gospel of Mark tells us that Jesus, at the very beginning of his ministry, just sort of waltzes into the synagogue, some unknown teacher nobody had heard of before, and he amazed the people with his teaching. Mark doesn't tell us exactly what Jesus is teaching at this particular point, but clearly he wasn't saying the same old, same old that the people were used to hearing in the temple. Whatever he was saying, it was really something else. In fact, what Jesus teaches here is not just powerful in the hearts of the people hearing it, but it is so powerful that a man possessed by evil spirits cries out in the middle of his sermon. I'm pretty sure I would faint over dead if I heard demons yelling out at me in the middle of a sermon. Babies, I can handle. The occasional sneeze or cough is fine. There was once a dog under a sanctuary window barking its head off when it was summer, of course, so the windows were open, but demons, that's a little bit intense. <laughs> but these spirits call out through the man, we know who you are. The scripture passage doesn't specify if they say this in a way that is scared or bossy or even sarcastic, but I'm not sure that really matters. The fact of the matter is that this man is acting wacky and inappropriate and disruptive because of the evil that has gotten a hold of him. And so Jesus, always way more chill than I'm ever going to be, just says, quiet, get out of here. And they do. That's it. Jesus just says, shut up and leave, and the demons immediately cower and take off. The man is healed of whatever this was that was afflicting him and causing him to act out in such a way. The people, who were already pretty awestruck by Jesus' teaching, are completely baffled at this point. Jaws on the ground. What is going on here? This new guy who just showed up is not only teaching incredible, groundbreaking things, he speaks with such authority that evil recognizes it and runs. He's not just speaking good words. He is exhibiting the power of the word of God in action in the world. Some of you know at least a little bit of the story of my son and the miracle of healing that happened in order for him to come into this world in one piece, safe and sound. And if you don't know that story, I don't have time to recount it all now. I have a congregational meeting at St. Andrews in just a little bit. <laughs> but let's go out for coffee sometime. Suffice it to say that I have seen God work amazing, miraculous healing. Doctors told us our son would probably die before he was born, and they told us that even if he lived, he would have serious physical disabilities and that he had a good chance 
of having learning disabilities, blindness, or other health issues related to being a preemie. You've all seen this nut now. <laughs> he is nine years old in fourth grade and thriving. He's big and strong and perfectly healthy. He's doing great at school. He runs 5Ks. He does kids' CrossFit classes. He wants to start taking parkour classes. The doctors can't explain it. One doctor even admitted, your prayers worked. I've seen firsthand what it looks like when Jesus speaks a word of authority over sickness and broken bodies. But that's not always exactly how it looks. Relatively early on in my ministry at my last church, a member of my congregation was very sick and in the hospital. He was an elder, a Sunday school teacher, the first mayor of the borough, a friendly, wonderful, godly man. He had been a member of that congregation for 70 years. A member for 70 years. That's not counting the time before he was old enough to be a member. Everyone in the congregation loved him dearly and were praying fervently for him throughout his illness. His family called me one morning and said, you'd better get down here. So I rushed down to Allegheny General to pray with him and with his family, and we prayed for healing. I prayed that God would make him whole again. And two hours later, he died. For most of us, that's a far more regular occurrence than the miraculous doctors-can't-explain-it type of healing that we saw in our passage from Mark today, or that Tim and I saw when Levi was born strong and healthy. The world seems to reveal to us far more suffering than it does miracles. It's like the ideas we have of healing have been hidden in the fog. These stories of Jesus performing miraculous healings can be difficult for us to understand and process in a day and age of scientific thinking, in a day and age where we rely on medical science and our big, smart human brains. But we can't write off the miracles we see in the gospel as how it used to be, or something that doesn't happen, or something that is irrelevant anymore. We cannot discount the power and authority of Jesus Christ, God's word in the world. Jesus speaks with authority when he is teaching, and what really seals it, the thing that drops jaws to the ground and spreads the word about Jesus all around Galilee, is the healing that follows his teaching. If we ignore that piece or try to attribute it to exaggeration or anything like that, this becomes little more than a pretty story about Jesus preaching a good sermon. The words, the word Jesus speaks in this passage is not just a great sermon, though. The word that Jesus speaks is the word of God that holds with it authority so great that demons run shrieking from the room. The word of our powerful, unchanging God has not lost power in the past 2,000 years. So how do we balance this tension? How do we keep the power of this passage instead of writing off its miracles? How do we continue to attribute to God the ability to heal the sick when we see around us so many times in which healing doesn't seem to happen the way we expect it to. Times when people we love suffer chronic pain, death, illness, poverty, oppression. I think there's something in the response of the people after seeing this all go down. What, 
is this? The point isn't solely that Jesus healed this man physically. If we're going to take this Jesus guy, this God and man all rolled into one, seriously, we have to take seriously the fact that he did and can heal people physically. But the point is that he is able to do so not because of some sort of magic touch, some weird voodoo incantation or spell. He's able to do it because he is in control. Jesus spoke with authority, and that's why evil shrieked and hightailed it. And Jesus holds authority over even the demons. That means he's in control of more than just our physical health. That means he's in charge of much more than what we can see. If we remove the possibility of this miracle that Jesus did, we take away some of his control and hand it to things that we can explain. But the bottom line is that God is inexplicable. And healing doesn't always look like what we expect. Fog, like we see this morning, can be a reminder to look at things differently, to expect the unexpected, to see God in the mystery and the unexplained. If we truly believe that Jesus is our Savior, that in him we are freed from the power of sin and death and pain and sorrow and are bound to him for the rest of forever, then we have to admit that sometimes healing comes when and where and how we don't understand it. Sometimes it comes in the form of a miraculous healing, and sometimes it comes in the form of someone's battle with an illness coming to an end so that they can finally rest forever in the arms of God, who they have served for 70 years in one congregation. Sometimes it comes in the inexplicable in-betweens that we might never understand in this lifetime. Even in the midst of this weird and confusing world around us, there are glimpses of wholeness and of forever. That's what we're here this morning to celebrate, is those glimpses of wholeness and healing forever. Some of these glimpses are in the form of church celebrations that we observe together. In our tradition, we call these sacraments. They are times where, because of our being joined to Jesus Christ through faith, we are lifted up to God and given a glimpse of the real healing that lies on the other side of this life. We will celebrate one of these sacraments next week when we celebrate communion. And this week, we will celebrate an ordination and installation of elders, which includes a remembrance of our baptismal vows, baptism being the other sacrament in our tradition. When we celebrate communion and baptism, we celebrate more than just a remembrance of Jesus saying some nice things and teaching well, or someone being part of a church. We celebrate that Jesus holds authority over everything, that in being joined to him, we are released by his authority. We are lifted up in this moment, swept up in the arms of Jesus so that we can have a glimpse of eternity and of healing. In this moment, we are offered astounding, surprising healing in the arms of Jesus Christ, the powerful one who speaks in authority over even the darkest of times. Amen.